0: Well today we're continuing our series entitled Unwrapped where we discover the true meaning of Christmas. Where we discover the fact that God is the first one to give us the gift of Jesus, which is the best gift we can receive for Christmas. We're also reminded about how Jesus also brings gift to us. Gifts that we all want, gifts that we all need, and gifts that are worth keeping. Because as you know, Not every gift given or received is a gift that's wanted, needed, or worth keeping. Today I wanna start by sharing with you three types of gifts that are not worth buying for people. Now I know some of you, you haven't done all of your Christmas shopping. I wanna share with you this is not a shopping list because if you buy any of these gifts for the people that you love, then you're telling them that you really don't love them, okay? The first type of gift is the unusual gift. I heard recently about a company that is marketing and selling self-cleaning sheets. Self-cleaning bed sheets. They promise to kill odor and bacteria. In fact, one of the primary marketing strategies for this company is to sell them to hotels. They're promising the hotel that if they put them on once, they just have to wash them twice and then they don't have to deal with them ever again. I promise you that's not a hotel you wanna go to. The second type of gift is the unwanted gift, and I wanna talk for a moment with the guys in the room, especially the married guys. These are a list of gifts your, your loved one or your wife does not want to receive. The first one is a wrapped photo that's framed from you. She does not want to receive a framed photo from you. If she wants to frame a photo of you, she'll do it herself. You giving her a photo of you is not a gift at all because she sees your beautiful face, no matter how beautiful it is, each and every day. Another type of gift to not buy for your wife is diet products. It's a bad life choice. Don't do it, guys, don't do it. Yes, support her in everything, but don't say, hey, I got this for you. That's a first class ticket to sleeping on the couch. The next type of gift is tickets to a sporting event. Unless she specifically asks you, hey, I want tickets to this specific uh, team to watch this specific team, do not get her those tickets because she knows that that gift isn't for her, it's really a gift for you. Now, in fact, this this also applies globally to all types of gifts that you buy for her that are really for you. So if you say to her, hey, do you see this big screen TV and surround sound that I got for you so that we can watch the Super Bowl? That's not a gift for her. That's a gift for you. And you get no marriage points. The third type of gift is the unusual gift. The unusual gift. There's a gift that 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 no one wants. It's called a pet rock. Do you know that since the 1970s people have been selling pet rocks to people? In fact, you can still buy them today. You can go to Amazon and for $30 you can buy a pet rock. In fact, you can buy a luxury premium pet rock for $85. Now, if you're looking to buy a pet rock, don't order it from Amazon, just find me after service. I'd love to provide you with a pet rock for $85. There's another company that's selling a can of fresh air. It's a can of mountain air that you open up that you can experience for the low price of $30. Now, these are all gifts that nobody wants, nobody needs, and is not worth keeping. But today I wanna share with you a type of gift that is worth, worth keeping. It is the unfailing gift, and that unfailing gift is the love of God. In fact, the title of my message today is Love is God's Best Gift. For Christmas, for Easter, for New Year's, for your birthday, love is God's best gift. And love is the gift that God wants to give to us, and it's the gift we need the most. In fact, I want to invite you to join me in a verse that many of us know, John 3.16. I invite you to join me there. Open up your Bible, open up your Westover app. And I just want to pause and and share with our families that in the Westover app, at the very bottom, there is a family table talk discussion where you can talk about the love of God with your family, with your kids, with your students. I invite you to lean into that this week so that they can learn about God's love as well. John 3.16, this is what it says, and some of you may say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This verse is at the center of what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about the fact that God gave us Jesus. And today, What I want to share with you is just a little bit about the character and nature of God. And I want to start with this one thought. What we learn about from this verse is that God is a giver, not a taker. God is a giver, not a taker. Giving is what God loves to do. Now, you may have a hobby. Maybe it's fishing. Maybe it's golfing. Maybe it's going to the range. Maybe for some of you, it's shopping. But if you're like me, maybe your hobby is eating tacos, or barbecue, or barbacoa, or tortillas de harina, or, or, or water burger, or whatever. Now I know you're hungry already, but giving is what lo- God loves to do. In fact, generosity is God's favorite hobby. Giving is what God loves to do, because that's what he does. He gives, and he gives, and he gives, and he's lavish when he gives. He doesn't hold back. He gives and he gives and he gives, and once we've received, he gives much more because giving is what God does. But giving is not only what God does, but giving is what love does. Generosity is how love expresses itself. Generosity is the character and the nature of love. You see, when God gave us Jesus, he didn't do it out of duty or obligation. He did it out of love and devotion for us. In fact, when God gave us Jesus, what he's revealing to us is the love of a father for his children. Now, parents, you get this. We've got kids, and we enjoy receiving gifts, but there's a profound joy, a different kind of joy that comes from giving gifts to your kids. Grandparents, you also know this, giving gifts not to your kids but your grandkids. There's something joyous about doing that because love is expressed, and it's felt, in the giving, not in the getting. And this is how God works. God is a giver, not a taker. And when God wanted to give us his very best gift, he looked around and he said, what I wanna give to the people that I've created is my love. And he realized the only way that he could give us his love was giving giving us himself. The only way that God could give us love is by giving us himself through the person of Jesus. You see, God is love. And so God came to us to give us his love because he knew that we needed it more than anything else. And so today I want to share with you, I want to share with you two truths about God's love. Two truths about God's love. Two truths about God's love. The first one is this. God's love, excuse me, God's love is available to everyone. God's love is available to everyone. God's love isn't just for the elite, for the successful, for the famous. God's love is for everyone. God extends his love to everyone. This is at the center of God's heart for us. In fact, it's reflected in the first Christmas story because the first people that, the first people who received the announcement of the birth of Jesus, they weren't kings they weren't religious leaders, they weren't the elite, they were humble, lowly shepherds. They were people who were the last and the least, the people who were forgotten and overlooked. Luke chapter two, verses eight and nine and 15 tell us the story, it says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And An angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. After they received the good news that Jesus was born, I want you to pay attention to what they say to themselves in verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. These humble shepherds who were living in the fields were overlooked, they were forgotten. They didn't just live outside of the city limits, they lived out in the country. You see, they were the lowest class people in the time of Jesus. They were the people no one thought about. You see, many religious scholars, many Bible scholars believe that these shepherds were illiterate, which means that they struggled with their eyesight, they struggled to comprehend, and that was the only job they could get taking care of sheep. So what did God do? He wanted to make sure that they didn't get the news of the birth of Jesus secondhand. He came to them first. He wanted to make his love available to them first. So what did God do? He dispatched an angel who came and announced, Jesus, the Messiah, is born to you today. He wanted to make sure that God's love was available to everyone. I think in this story, there's a reflection of god's love for us you see we live in a culture where we believe that there are the haves and the have-nots those who have more and those of us who have less but with god his love is available to everyone you see god sees the overlooked he helps the hurting he remembers the forgotten and he reaches out to those who are far from him in this story god's love broke through it broke through to reach each one of us because God wanted us to experience his love, not just as as an idea that we understand with our mind, but something that we feel with our heart. He wanted us to have a savior that we could look at, that we could hug, that we could embrace. Someone who understood what it's like to struggle, just like us. And that's why God's love is so tangible to us. Now I know for many of you, You may be stepping into the holiday season, and it hasn't been the best year. It's been hard, it's been difficult. Maybe you got a diagnosis that was unexpected. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe in times past, Christmas was a wonderful experience for your family, but now you wish you could just push the fast-forward button and skip Christmas altogether, because it's just not the same. Maybe for some of you, you came to church today at the invitation of a family member or a friend, and as you came into the parking lot, you didn't tell this to the person who brought you, but you're a little hesitant. Will I be accepted? Will I be judged? What will it be like to go to church? I want to reassure you that God's love is available to you. Doesn't matter what you've dealt with, doesn't matter the struggle you faced today or last week or last month or the entire year, God's love is available to you. He makes it available to us. In fact, that's the reason why our mission is follow Jesus and love people. We feel compelled in our heart to follow Jesus and to follow his example, to extend love to people because that's what love does. Love extends love to others. This is what God does. He comes close to us and he tells us, extend my love to other people so that they know that I'm real. It's the reason why as a church we do an outreach like Field of Lights and we make it for free because we want people from the community to come on our, on our campus and not only have fun with their family but more importantly hear that Jesus is the light of the world. It's the reason why we have life groups where we invite people to gather together to make new friends and to connect and grow in their faith Amen. so that when life shows up they have someone they can call in the middle of the night It's the reason why we have serve teams, why we invite people to join our serve teams to open a door and share a smile and a God bless you and a hello. Or to step into our kids and student ministry to invest in the next generation so they believe that Jesus is real. It's the reason why we as a church just a couple months ago gathered together, rallied together, and heard the heart of God for hungry children around the world. It's the reason why we raised over $240,000 to feed 2,041 kids next year. It's the reason why we we have boxes out in the hallway to receive gifts for kids who will be in the hospital this Christmas. We want those kids to know that they're not forgotten, they're not overlooked, But more importantly, they can know that there's a Jesus who died for them and gave them the best gift, which is himself. Because God's love is available to everyone. In fact, we believe that we follow Jesus by loving people because Jesus loved people. In fact, that's why he came. He came to live and die to extend his love to us. And we get the privilege of giving our time, talent, and treasure to ensure that the love of God is extended to others. Here's the second truth about love. God's very best gift is, God's love is available today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, but today. Have you ever gone shopping for that perfect gift only to find out that it's back ordered, that it's not available, that it's out of stock? I think all of us have been there. We find the perfect gift for the perfect person and we go and we are about to buy it and we realize that it's not available. Delight turns to disappointment. We're frustrated, we're dejected. We wish we could find that gift, but we can't find it anywhere. I remember there was a time when Black Friday shopping was different than it is today. Young adults, you don't know how the struggle was. The struggle was real. Now Black Friday is an entire month. How is that possible? I don't know. Now you can order it online and your biggest struggle is really an inconvenience. You just have to open the door for two and a half seconds, grab the package, bring it inside, and your biggest struggle is just to cut open the package. No, 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 there was a time when Black Friday shopping was like Hunger Games. (laughs) You had to fight people and try not to lose your salvation. I remember there was one time when Danae asked me to go stand in line while she sat in the warm car it was cold, it was rainy. I think there may have been 10 inches of snow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was standing out in the cold, outside of Best Buy. And the thing about Black Friday shopping back then is you had to wake up early in the morning to line up and then wait till five o'clock. So I think we woke up at 1.30, we got there at two, we were standing in line, I was shivering. I had gotten Danae a hot chocolate and she was there. Calling every once in so, a while, are you okay? And I would, through chattering teeth, just tell her, "Yes, I'm gonna get this doorbuster deal. I'm gonna get you this TV. I'm gonna bring it home to you." So five o'clock rolls around, the employees come out and they start handing out these tickets. And these tickets were your permission to buy the TV. You get a TV. You get a TV. You get a TV. It was like Oprah. You get a TV. You get a TV and they were coming down the line. And I reached out my hand, and there was no ticket. Because the guy in front of me got the last ticket. I was two minutes late and 18 inches short. I think it's because I got Danae her hot chocolate. So I had to face this moment where I had to walk back to the car and give her the bad news. No TV, no doorbuster deal. And I got to thinking, I wonder if we're like that sometimes. When it comes to God's love, we feel like God's love is out of stock. It's back ordered. It's not available. We feel like we're too late. We just can't reach it. It's right there for us, but it's not available. I want to reassure you that God's love is available today. It's never out of stock. It is never back ordered. It's always available. And it's available to you today because this is how God works. He gives before we can receive. God gives before we can receive. In fact, God operates before we cooperate. God knew that we would need his love now, so he went to a cross 2,000 years ago to get us the love that we would need today. In fact, he was thinking of you back then, and he knew that you would need his love right now. And so God went ahead, and he paid the debt of sin to give us love and hope and freedom, and he extends it to us today. And the way he does it is through something called provenient grace, Provenient grace. This word provenient comes from two different words that are put together. The first is pre, which is a prefix that means before. And the word venid, which means to come. So provenient grace is the grace that comes before. God extended to us grace and forgiveness and mercy before we even knew him, before we could even receive it. The word of God tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God wanted to extend his love to us today, and he's extending it to you right now. And in the nature of the prevenient grace, we learn something about the character and nature of God and the character and nature of love, which is this. Love makes the first move. Love makes the first move. Love always makes the first move. Now, I know I wear Jordans and skinny jeans, but in certain areas of my life, I am old school. In fact, guys, I think if we're to carry on the character and nature of Jesus, we need to be the ones to make the first move. We need to be the ones to ask her out on a date. We need to be the ones to open the door for her. We need to be the one to pay the date. We need to pay for the, pay for the meal. Because love Makes the first move. We need to be the one to ask her father or her father figure for her hand in marriage. We need to be the one to get on her knees and ask for her her hand to marry her because love makes the first move. And today God's inviting us to be like him and make the first move. Love makes the first move. And I believe that God wants to extend his love to us today. In announcing the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, love made the first move. These shepherds were just going about their every day. They weren't going to the temple to muse about the eternal truths of God. They were just like you and me, walking through life, just trying to pay the bills just trying to take care of their family, and love love broke through, because love makes the first move. You see, if we take it a little deeper, when Jesus came and he went to the cross, he made the first move. He became a human. In the incarnation of Jesus, we discover that love always makes the first move. God knew that we didn't have the capacity to know him or to reach him because of the barrier of sin. So he came to us, and he extended his love to us. I've discovered in my time, more than just a pastor, but just as a man, that God never sits on the sidelines. He's always the one to make the first move. And today, I believe he's moving close to you to let you know that his love is available to you and it's available today. Now I know some of you are thinking, Pastor John, you don't know my history. You don't know how I've struggled. I'm too late for the love of God, I've made too many mistakes, my life is broken. You're thinking God knows the fight I just had with someone in my family this morning just to get to church. And you feel like you're disqualified. Well, that's not how God's love works. God extends to us love because we need His love. He doesn't invite us to come to Him perfect. He says, Come as you are. Let me be in your life so I can change your life. God's love is available to everyone. In fact, when we look at the verse of John three sixteen. what we discover is that God's love is available to anyone and everyone. It says this, for God so loved the world, that's everyone, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That statement, whoever would believe in him, that means anyone. And God's love is available online, on demand, right here, right now. You don't have to wait for it. you have to do is say, I want Jesus in my life. You just have to receive the gift of who Jesus is. I know some of you may be feeling, but pastor, I've ran away from God for decades. He knows. But he's always been there to try to reach out to you. You may have been running from God for a thousand miles, but here's what I know about God. You're only one step away from him. He's as close as the mention of his name. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I need you, and he'll show up, he'll be right there, waiting for you, he's waiting for you. In fact, in fact, I believe that it's easier to walk in the thing that you're running from. It's easier to walk in the grace and love and forgiveness of God than to run away from him. And today, I believe he's reaching out to you. God's love is trying to break through. He wants you to know him. And I want to reassure you, Jesus is better than you think. And so today as I close, I want to invite you to stand, set aside every distraction. I want to give you the opportunity to know this Jesus who came to earth as a baby, who lived his life, struggled more than any of us, who died a criminal's death even though he didn't deserve it so that he could extend love to us and so that we could spend eternity with him. Here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus because we all need him. B, believing in our heart that he died on the cross to pay for our sin and to give us eternal life. And that he rose again to give us hope and freedom and a new life and restoration and healing in our family and our marriage. And C, that we confess from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be the Lord of our life. The Bible tells us that if we confess Jesus as Lord from our heart, we will be saved. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. So I wanna invite everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. I wanna give you a private audience with the Lord. If you're at a place in your life where you don't know Jesus or maybe it's been a long time since you've known Jesus, on the count of three, I wanna invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church. You're just saying yes to him. Here it is, one, two, three. Yes, yes, yes. There's hands going up everywhere. Hands going up everywhere. For those of you who are raising your hands, I want to invite you to say a prayer with me, but I want you to say it from your heart. In fact, all of us are going to say this prayer as a prayer of commitment to the Lord. Say it with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to earth to die, to pay for my sin, and to extend to me forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness today. Thank you for your grace and your love. And now I confess from my heart heart. that I want you to be Lord of my life. Be Be in charge of everything. everything. My life belongs to you. you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. I want to invite you to step into our Follow Jesus class. It happens every weekend. We want to help you start your journey of faith with Jesus. And also, if you've never been water baptized, we invite you to sign up for the next time we have water baptism. We'd love to celebrate with your family and friends how God has changed your life. But I want you to know that we're praying that God's love would permeate in your life. And I just invite you, find a way to extend God's love to someone today. God bless you, and we are dismissed.